0: Welcome to Know My Faith, my guest, I've got to get this right, Simon Laurie from Friends of Israel. You got it. <laughs> I've been pronouncing your name wrong for like... <laughs> <laughs> it happens. I forgive you for that. All right, tell me about Friends of Israel because uh, I, I think of, of, I can't say of all the Israel-based or focused ministries, there's probably less understanding about what you guys do.
1: Yeah, probably because we came to New Zealand a little bit later than some of the, more, the ones that are, that have been here already, although we were here some time back. Um, but uh, Friends of Israel Gospel Ministry began Crystalnark uh, pretty much, 1938. Uh, so it's been around a while um, when really people who understood the Bible got together and said something's going on in Europe that we know – shows all the features of mm-hmm. God
0: bringing his they they had no idea about crystal nark it, it was on
1: that night well it was on that night but the build but they up didn't to know, crystal yeah. nark of course was yeah. already happening it just so happened that they had their first meeting i believe on, okay. on the 9th of november yep. which was crystal nark when the the night of broken glass um but of course, knowing the scriptures, seeing what was taking place in Europe and the build-up to Kristallnacht, there was a growing momentum, and there was also uh, uh, Jews that were fleeing yeah. uh, Europe already at that stage. Anyway, they started uh, that night. They made a decision to start what became known as the Friends of Israel Gospel. Um, uh, sorry, the Friends of Israel Refugee Relief. Uh, agency or organisation. Yep. Um, I'm not sure that's the exact name, but that that's pretty much the heart of it, which was a refu- refugee agency that would help these Jews that were fleeing Europe and coming to the United States. Some of which were they were able to secure passages for to end up in Israel. Yep. Um, and 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 to provide comfort to them in various ways, both physically and
0: and spiritually in many ways. When they were talking Israel, are they talking about Israel as the nation? because there was no Israel as as the country? No, this was years before. That's exactly right. Yeah. So there was there was no
1: Israel, but some of them were starting to make passage to uh, to the land. Yep. Uh, wasn't Israel. and that's the ironic or quite quite interesting thing is that ten years yeah. before they decided to call themselves the friends of Israel. Uh, but they did that on the back of knowing, that uh, Israel were God's people, you know, yes. that the yep. Jews yep. were uh, the ancient Israelites of old. And, a- and, and th-
0: there were these prophecies because, I mean, so the, 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 that's right. the people that, when you say they came together, there's some pretty big names in in the they.
1: Yeah, so, you know, Harry Ironside, who was a much-loved pastor at Moody Bible Church, um, uh, Lewis Berry Schaefer, who founded Dallas. Yeah, uh, But it's interesting, a lot of them were also uh, from among um The Christian Brethren Movement, uh, and they were strongly uh, dispensational in the sense that they understood that uh, there was a future for Israel, that God would one day um, bring his children back in fulfillment to the Old Testament passages into the land. Now, at that stage, they didn't know what was ahead of them and what God was going to uh, do. Uh, but they knew the scriptures well enough. Well they didn't enough. know the timing of they it. They didn't know the, the timing. The, of yeah, it. they yeah. knew what would happen. They, were, they just they didn't knew know what the was going of it. to happen. Yeah. It's interesting yeah.
0: when you read some of the, um, uh, the the Christian literature from before 1948, and uh, and uh, you know, before, when they're still looking forward to Israel becoming a yeah. nation, and yeah. you can there's a, you can almost put a delineation mark between those that believed that Israel would come back into the land yeah. and those that didn't. Yeah. And obviously Ironside and Schaefer believed that Israel would come back yeah. into the land.
1: Yeah, well, Herzl, I mean, you know, uh, there was a... The, well, he, the, believed. The, he, yeah. he He understood. So Zionism was something for uh, which was very much in the psyche's yeah. uh, psyche of the Jewish people, particularly in Europe, in the hope of a homeland. Um, scripturally, or, and for Christians who understood the Bible, they knew that it would come. They didn't know how yeah. it was going to come. Uh, and was this going to be the beginning of it? Well, even that, they, didn't, they had limited knowledge. Uh, but th- that didn't remove the fact that they wanted to love and care for the Jewish people. For the Jewish
0: people. So, yeah, so, so the Friends the of Israel of was more friends of uh, the children the of Israel, people. the yeah, Jewish absolutely. people, than yeah. a Zionist. Absolutely. Yeah yeah, yeah, yeah,
1: yeah. And, you know, it stemmed from those foundational uh, uh, passages in Scripture, you know, of, of God's hesed love for, the, for, the, yeah. for, for his people and remaining faithful to the promises that he made all the way back to Abraham.
0: So pretty much friends of Israel's been around for what's that almost 80, 80 years? years yeah, yeah. Yeah. That's a long time. Yeah.
1: Yeah. 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 How did you get involved? Um, My journey with the Friends of Israel began when a representative came to our church who knew, you know, who uh, I was part of a brethren church at the time, Um, so they welcomed Friends of Israel into the church, uh, and he came, and, you know, that was probably that time I really understood and learned more about why I need to love Israel. Um, And then my Bible college professor from Adelaide College of Ministries, where I trained uh, to become a pastor, um, he, after he completed his uh, time at ACM, was invited to go and join the Friends of Israel. Right. And, um, you know, maybe a bit like uh, Joseph and the, um, y- you know, the time in the prison, he remembered me. <laughs> <laughs> um, Adventure- after- <laughs> oh, yes, that, that Simon Fuller. <laughs> That's right. And, so uh, uh, you know, to cut a long story short, uh, there was a um, uh, a time where he just got in contact, said, where are yep. you at? Would you be interested in coming on board with the mission? Um, we're actually looking to reopen our ministry in New Zealand. Uh, I was a Kiwi living in Australia. so
0: Happy to come home?
1: Well, you know, I, I mean, for me, it was more of a question, where does the Lord want me? Yep. What, what does he want me to do? And it was actually a significant time in, in my life where I was really sort of striving to understand, you know, where God wanted to place me and what he wanted to do with me and what, what did I see that looking like? And then in, in 2012, a couple of years, before he approached me, actually. It was quite interesting. I'd written down almost a, a job description of what I would, would love to do yep. if God ever, you know, opened the door for it. And it was all about Israel. It was it, it, My homeland yeah. was involved. Uh, there was a lot of things that I wrote down, and it just so happened this was the brief. It, uh, and it that, ticked all the boxes. It ticked all the boxes.
0: It must have been a bit uh, a bit harder than what you're making it sound, though, because uh, you left one of your daughters we did. In Australia. Yeah. yeah you know, we it's it's did. hard yeah. for, particularly yeah. for you, I imagine for your wife to leave a daughter yeah. behind.
1: Yeah, we have three kids. Uh, our oldest, actually, she was finishing uni. She had indicated that she wanted to go to Japan and um, and uh, live for, for a while and, and teach English over there when she yep. completed her studies, which she did. So that eased the guilt of leaving her behind <laughs> a little bit. Um, and as it turned out, so we brought two of our three kids with us. Okay. And um, yeah, yeah. So it was, it was tough. I, yeah. I won't
0: say it was easy. It was tough. Yeah. So what do you do? What does Friends of Israel do? Yeah, it's a good question.
1: You know, um, somebody asked me that just recently. You know, what does your week look like? And uh, without getting into the minutiae, I guess the big picture is it's a fulfillment of or fulfilling the mission that we have. And our, our m- mission uh, statement is uh, to proclaim biblical truth about Israel and the Messiah while bringing spiritual and physical comfort to the Jewish people. That's that's it. So here in New Zealand, um I guess a lot of my strategy and work around uh, how do we proclaim biblical truth is to get around Christians, yep. encouraging them to dig deeper into the Word of God, and to understand God's uh, redemptive plan for Israel. Yeah, you know uh, that that where the journey began. So emphasizing the covenants and where God began the journey for Israel, but not just where it began, but the whole faithfulness of God all the way through yep. to one day when they will, by His grace receive him Jesus as yes. their Messiah yeah right? the, the, the whole scriptures yeah. from Genesis yeah. to maps all exactly. the way through
0: yeah. you were you were just saying as we we're uh, having coffee earlier um, about a young fella in I think Tapuki you were talking about who's talking about the his understanding was the New Covenant was for the church the Old yeah. Covenant was for Israel and the New Covenant was for the church yeah. Yeah. and you sent him to go and look at a scripture
1: yeah I mean go reread um, Jeremiah chapter 31 and 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 you you know you will find that um, it's written to the nation of Israel and that we're grafted in you know those of us who believe who are Gentiles have been grafted and we re- we are the heirs of the promises on the basis yeah. of the fact that we've been grafted in to those you know to receive those promises by virtue of our faith in Jesus Christ and so yeah a lot of uh, people and and you know I understand why people get confused today it, it can become confusing for a lot of them around you um, They've heard different things about the covenant, and uh, they see passages, and you know, in the New Testament yep. that. That may uh, or may not direct them in a certain path. Um, but ultimately, they need to, like us all, approach the scriptures uh, using hermeneutical principles or yep. interpretive principles that help us understand who was this written to? Yeah,
0: yeah. And the, I mean, that's you know?
1: the, the,
0: a, the, the term we use at Know My Faith is the historical, cultural context correct. of yeah, the scriptures. That's it, that's it. And uh, years ago, when I was on REMA, I used to get Scott Brown from Celebrate Messiah would come on once a week, and I would open up a Scripture, normally a New Testament, one I'd say, okay, Scott, here's here's the passage. What did that mean to a first century Jew? Because yeah. we're reading it as 21st century yeah. Gentiles. Yeah. And this I think is the problem with the um the whole replacement theology and all of that, the the you know, the new covenants for the church. This is what we've been taught mm. for all these years yeah. from a Gentile perspective. Yeah. But then you go, well, actually, no, you have to actually look at it from the original. The covenant isn't with the church. The covenant is with Judah and Israel. Correct. Uh, are you Jewish? No. Well, no good. You don't get to enjoy the covenant because it's with Judah and Israel. Oh, done. However. Yeah, and when we see it from that, yeah. the, then then the, the scales fall off, I think.
1: Yeah, I mean, you know, um, helping people understand the fact that, um, you know, we see glimmers of of it the whole way through in terms of God remaining faithful to Israel. Mm. It's such an important theme throughout the whole Bible. In fact, one of our resources uh, that we've recently produced called "The Common Thread," tracing God's faithfulness from Israel to you. You know, yeah. uh, from the nation. Um, uh, you know, That's one of the DVDs. It, 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 is it? Every young person wants to know. Well, when do you get to the part about me? right? yeah, yeah it's all about uh, me. It's, it's about me, but yeah. but uh, in reality. Um, you know, for the most part of the Bible, it's less about me; it's more about the nation of Israel. But but there's coming a time where uh, where it's going to be about me, yep. and that's an exciting part. But we can't lose sight of the fact of how it got there. How did we get to the point where it became about me? Yes. And you know, uh, genealogy is really interesting. I've been um, looking up some of my own genealogy um, most recently, back in Christchurch where I grew up. And uh, uh, y- you know, you don't start with genealogy you, you you kind of have to dig a bit deeper yeah. to find out where you came from and and then you'll reach a point where you go there's a dead end there uh, but that doesn't mean that there wasn't someone before you just got to go looking it just means yeah it just <laughs> you means just you haven't the dead found. end yeah yeah and so you know in the christian faith um and and in the in the plan of god's redemption understanding the the origins and the roots of where our faith came from is vital to understanding mm. who we are today you know that whole identity in christ yeah. Uh, and I, you know, some people get shocked when you say, you know, Jesus came to this earth as a Jew and he's going to come back as a Jew. Yeah. Because Israel are going to recognize him as their
0: Messiah. Yes. So he's going to be Jewish. So I- Israel is going to rule the world with Jesus as the king of Israel, as yeah. the ruler of the world. Yeah. Get that, get that around yeah. your head. Yeah. Yeah. That's, that's the yeah. way it's going to happen. Yeah. We, we have, um, uh, so often, we, you, you talked about identity, and we and we we lose that. We lose track of who we are. I think because we don't understand exactly how we're grafted in. Mm. Um, possibly those that are adopted would understand it better. Yeah, that's right. Those of us that are natural children are not adopted, and yeah. you know we just it just doesn't make sense to us. Yeah, yeah. Um, so we try and maybe just grab it for ourselves.
1: Yeah, yeah. It's important to understand um you know that that whole concept of of being grafted in you know when when you get to Romans 9 10 11 having a clear understanding of those passages um and uh you know uh, I, it's a journey eh? i yeah. mean you know yeah. yeah i i didn't get it when you know when i was a kid i didn't understand any of that what i understand and my journey of understanding more about um i suppose the Jews and God's Place for Israel, and how it made sense to me was the fact that, you know, this book is Jewish in so many ways, but I didn't, I didn't really recognize that as yeah. a young person growing up. It was more, well, what impact does this book have on my life, and what do I need to know about it? You know, yeah. that, that was all. I didn't really... How do, how do I benefit from it? How do I benefit yeah, from yeah, it? Yeah. You know, and what can it do for me? Yep. And that's, that's where people are at. But, I mean, for me, um, even the nation of Israel, the reason why I'm very passionate about the nation of Israel is because uh, I remember you know, as a young boy, after I gave my heart to Christ, or when I say that, you know what I mean. I, when yep. I became a Christian, I, was, I, was, I realized my need of salvation and being saved. Um, that happened at about 11, so I was pretty young. But I got this um, Thompson Chain Reference Bible, and it had pictures of archaeology. You know archaeological yes, sites in yeah, yeah, Israel yep yeah.
0: all that all that stuff on the back of it Yeah, just, and about oh, the same yeah, yeah.
1: time we had a, a speaker come to our church. I always remember he just had this endless array of slides of his trip to Israel. but the timeliness of those things really enlivened my faith on the basis that um, what was words on a page of a big book yep. for which for an 11, 12, 13, 14 year old kid struggles to understand. Here's some pictures of the places yep. that exist in this, in this book. It, yep. it took the book and it, it made it a pictorial book in many ways for me. That, that, that actually enlivened my faith greater than anything. How did you
0: find it? You've been to Israel. Yeah. How did you find that, I mean, that same process when you're actually there? I mean, uh, as an example, we were driving past, when we went in 2017, we're driving um, down past Jericho to come up to Jerusalem. Mm-hmm. And you look across the Jordan River at the, the hills, the mountains yeah, of Moab, yeah, yeah. and you, you, you realize, and, and I, sh- I show a slide of this when I'm, when I'm speaking in churches. Yeah. Um, you realize that if you're looking from, from Jericho down to the Jordan River, there's a little plain across, and then there's a kilometer high What looks like a cliff, and this whole area, um, as I said uh, when I was up north the other, it's it's size from uh, from about Awanui to Ahipara, up in the north, starts filling up with two and a half million. It comes alive. You go, oh gosh, no wonder they were so scared. Yeah, yeah. Well, we you know we take tours to
1: Israel, and um, uh, you know the topography of Israel uh, really changes people's ideas and. Preconceptions uh, 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 of what they read in the book, you know, and so um, you know, we always say that it, it takes something black and white, turns it into color, and creates a, a memory yes. that remains every time they open up the Bible. Yeah, they can say, "I've been there. I know exactly what that looks like." I mean, you know, one of the places that stands out in many people's minds is Anguetti. You know, uh, uh situated you know by the dead sea yep. um, <clears throat> uh, and it's it's one of those places you know it's got some waterfalls but it's arid it's very barren it's very desert like and then there's there's a beautiful oasis and palm trees down below where the you know where basically yep. it comes out before it flows into the before dead sea, it flows into the sea. Yeah, and yeah, yeah. Uh, you know people go there and they think about we talk tell the story of David hiding from Saul you know fearing yep. for his life uh, and there's um, you, you know, there's rock badges running around yes, yep. and and uh, goats and different yep. things like that, and you know this imagery that people have. All of a sudden, it just captures their imaginations. Yeah. Uh, so it really does. Uh, you know, you go to Israel, it changes your whole perspective, and you open the Bible and it's just like comes alive. It's it's an yeah. incredible thing. I,
0: I think this is what I'm discovering over the, the the journey that I've been on, particularly as I've been interacting interacting with other. Um, call it Israel-focused ministries like yourself, like, um, well, any of them. I yeah. won't mention all the rest of them, yeah. is that as you read the books and you look at the DVDs and, and, and it helps the so that next time you're reading that passage in the Bible, it actually makes a lot more sense yeah. to you because you've yeah. got that perspective. Yeah, yeah.
1: Yeah. yeah, I mean, you know, I would recommend, and uh, it's not going to be possible for most people to get to the land of Israel. Not at the moment, um, anyway. <laughs> and certainly not at the moment. But, uh, you know, I certainly recommend it as something for which, yep. if the Lord opens that door, grab it with two hands. You know, a lot of people say to us, I've got Israel on my bucket list. I say, this is not a bucket list item, by the way. This is this is a major priority that's, in your life. It, yeah. it, well, something that Joe and I, my wife and I, uh, long to do, uh, her parents had been to Israel um, before. Uh, before we met, and uh, they went more on a secular tour, we'd yep. had a, d- a desire to go over. We missed out the first opportunity, but at the next best opportunity, we got we got to be there, and it, it really is life changing.
0: Yeah, yeah. You talked about um, making that decision for Jesus at the age of eleven. Were you brought up in the in the Christian church? Well,
1: I was. Um, I, I actually was brought up in the Exclusive Brethren. All right. Uh, our family were in the Exclusive Brethren until I was seven. And uh, we came out of that, uh, excommunicated, if you like, uh, and found our way into the Christian or Open Brethren, as it's known uh, here in New Zealand. And uh, that was life-changing. I mean, it was life-changing in a number of ways. Uh, Firstly, growing up in Christchurch uh, in Exclusive Brethren is not easy. Being, um, I guess, um, snatched away from the family your grandparents and the extended family was life-changing for us all. And and it was very detrimental to all of our mental health in different ways and different um ways. yeah, and and there's no winners out of that. It's no. like being divorced, uh, you know, a thousand times. There's no uh, winners. It's not glamorous. It's yeah. not you, nice. So
0: you're saying when you came out of of the explosive, of the, so your grandparents were still in. Yeah, so all everything. of our yeah. family.
1: Um, yeah. My my dad had one sister who was out out of about nine of them, eight of them.
0: Yeah.
1: Uh, my mum had one sister who came out and two brothers that stayed in, <clears throat> and so it was a very traumatic experience for them. You know, you leave behind everything. Yes. Yeah. But, you know, we uh, we came into a great church where we were really encouraged and uh, found uh, many friends, some of which had come from the same environment, yep. so had come out of the Exclusive Brethren as well. And uh, I joined a boys – well, I got taken to Boys Rally. Boys Rally. And yep. Boys Rally, and uh, it was actually through the ministry of Emmaus Ministries, Emmaus Correspondence Ministries. Uh, I only found out this recently that the, the most likely person who led me to the Lord was a guy called Doug Hewlett. I can't remember what he talked about, but the offer of literature. So he had some, uh, some correspondence courses that he offered to any boy who, who wanted to go and yes. talk to him a little bit more. And I said, uh, I want to go and just explore this a little bit more because I had a love of literature. I loved reading, loved um, studying and thinking about things. And um, so I went and knocked on his dorm door and, and, and then he, through a series of questions that he asked me, I realized I, I'm not so sure I'm a Christian. Okay. I'm not so sure I'm a Christian. And the way he asked those questions, and as I was working through it in my mind, I was convinced, no, I, I don't think I am. I've been brought up in the church, but I, I, I've never made this decision myself.
0: So and, you'd be similar to me. I mean, I was born in a Presbyterian church, but it's you grow up, and I remember somebody asking me this. I said, you know, Rob, when you're off doing all those other things, you know, when yeah. I don't know if you ever walked away, but I did, um, you know, Were you still a Christian? And I I said, do you mean, did I still believe in Jesus? uh, From the moment I can remember thinking, I always knew that Jesus was God. Mm. And having been brought up in the church, I always knew that Jesus died for my sins at Easter. Was I a Christian? No. 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 You know, there comes the point where you have to personalise it.
1: Yeah, and and I'd never made that decision personally. I'd never felt like I'd truly owned my faith in any ways. And maybe the trauma of what we'd been through and um, what what, what was being lived out in terms of uh, that trauma. Yep. Um, you know, potentially I think uh, it was difficult to make that decision until somebody said to me, you know that if you make this decision, this can happen, or if you don't make this decision, this can happen. Um, now, I'd seen enough movies and, and listened to enough sermons to be able to put together the dots. Yep. And so it seemed very natural to say yes to Jesus. Yeah, I'm ready. And when I did, uh, you know, I immediately felt the power of the Holy Spirit fill me. And I went to bed that night like this wide-eyed kind of guy. I remember lying on my bunk, looking, just staring. And this incredible peace of God that that filled me, I'd never experienced anything like yeah. it. Um, and so that changed. You know, that changed me and the trajectory of my life and my desire to talk to others about it. Uh, but I realized very quickly I still had this sinful flesh. <laughs> Really? <laughs> yeah. Gosh. So,
0: you know. Uh, it must maybe it was just you.
1: Yeah, well, yeah. you know, that's one of the things, though, that, you know, as a, as a new believer uh, and as a young man, uh, you know, coming to terms with this idea that um, you remain in your sinful flesh in terms of, you, you know, it, 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 that doesn't just, just no, disappear. No, it doesn't disappear, no. Uh, that, that was quite hard to reconcile, um, you know, But on the other hand, it was the great evidence of the fact that the Holy Spirit was filling me, convicting me of sin, uh, that actually made a real difference. I mean, you know, so it was almost something to be celebrated. Hey, that guilt, that's a good thing.
0: (laughs) Yeah, yeah. I think this, I mean, and this is where the, um, you're talking about the resources and and, and the teaching, this is where this comes in to help us, uh, and, and I wish I'd had more of it as a child. Yeah. Uh, to help us to recognise that that sinful nature is there, and that I need to, with Christ, overcome that, mm-hmm. as opposed to give into it. Yeah. Uh, and that was my my big downfall was was growing up believing that believing was enough. Yeah. No matter what I did, because yeah. th- this was the whole belief system that I grew up in. No yeah. matter what I did, because I believed in Jesus. Yeah. I would go to heaven when I died. So yeah. and I'd be forgiven. Yeah. So it didn't matter what I did. Yeah eventually I'd be forgiven. Yeah. And then I came to the realisation much later than 11, I can tell you, yeah. that it's a lot more than just believing.
1: Yeah, yeah. I mean, Paul, you know, uh, in Romans 7, you know, you get to that point where he's, you know, you can almost hear that incredible frustration, Oh, wretched man that I am, yes. you know, will well, I be set free from this burden that that hinders me and kind of, you know, yep. f- uh, brings out this frustration of, uh, you know, uh, uh, that's a good thing in terms of your faith because it's a recognition um, that you need to depend on God. You need to be dependent on uh, on the Lord every day. Yeah. Um, in that whole process of uh, living life in the sinful
0: flesh, but yeah, yeah. Go yeah. So back to friends of Israel because that's what we really want to talk yeah. about. Thank you, Simon. We know all about you now. Um, the The ministry started in uh, desiring to help. Jewish people yeah. in a practical way. So how does that at, outwork in 2021? Yeah,
1: so the second part of our mission was to bring comfort. Yes. Uh, you know, we used to talk about, um, uh, uh, originally it was about standing in solidarity, but we realised, you know, our mission is more than just standing in solidarity. I mean, you can stand in solidarity, um, uh, you know, practically in many ways, and that's what we did as a refugee agency. But bringing comfort, um, obviously, you know, bringing comfort Comfort spiritually yeah. it looks a lot different than bringing comfort physically.
0: When you talk about standing in solidarity, if we, and, and, if you'll allow me to reverse it, uh, Roger Waters from Pink yeah. Floyd, yeah. who doesn't stand in solidarity no. with Israel, <laughs> he stands with the other yeah. side. Yeah. But he says, I'm going to bang my pot lid or pot, bang my pot in my kitchen for a minute in solidarity. Yeah, yeah. I go and how does that help anybody yeah, yeah, so yeah. we can stand in solidarity yeah. but we need to go beyond that yeah
1: yeah and 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 you know one of the beauties of i think one of the great things about the ministry that we that I serve in is that there's been so many areas that we've been able to bring comfort to the Jewish people for example in argentina right we've got a medical team who offer free uh healthcare to, to poor Jewish families and, uh, okay. and, and communities. And when I say healthcare, I'm not in talking Argentina. about primary healthcare, I'm talking about specialist healthcare yeah. uh, in Argentina, where there's a huge population, by the way, okay. of, of, uh, of Jews. Um, in Melbourne, we've got a guy who uh, is involved in a really great ministry where he goes and he sings to Holocaust survivors and Jewish nursing homes. In fact, so much do they love him. That during lockdown, which they've had significant lockdowns yeah. in Melbourne, as you know, I think last year they had one that lasted 112 it days. Was long. You know, he was invited uh, into the community, um, into the Jewish nursing homes via Zoom. So he sung for them. Right. He's recently received an award for his service. He's they've done a video uh, of his ministry in many ways. Uh, well, actually, it was it was they included him in the uh, in the video that yeah. they did for the nursing home. I should put it that way. Um, but you know uh, his ministry is just a ministry of singing, but he sings very strategic songs, songs that they love, that they remember. They've still got their tattoos on their yep. arms. You know, these are these are Holocaust survivors. Not many of them left, uh, but he's got this incredible witness to that community, which is showing the, the, the light of Jesus. We've got another guy who, um, well, I mean, around the world, there's a, a whole lot of expressions of yep. the ministry. In Poland, for example, uh, we've got a guy who runs camps for... Um, for kids who um from the Ukraine, poor Jewish families, they offer to put on a camp for them. They give them shoes. They give them books. They give them clothes. They There's a whole raft of different things that they do that just changes these people's lives in, in small ways, yeah. right? Uh, we do support um, the... Uh, in, uh, installation of bomb shelters around uh, the border of Gaza. Uh, So we support Operation uh, Life Shield, which is you've probably been to uh, the Overlook. Uh, We Overlook Gaza. Um, you know, and you know what it's like yeah. standing there. You look; you're very close, but you know that those communities, when they come under threat, they've only got a few seconds to get to a bomb shelter because right. the Zion Dome rockets are going up and they're blowing uh, the the, the uh, Gazan rockets to smithereens. All that shrapnel comes falling down comes, on yeah, those yeah. communities. So it's not the missiles that are going to kill them; it's the shrapnel that will kill them yeah. uh, from their own defence systems. So they have about seven seconds if that, to get to a shelter. And so we we help provide Provide um, the shelters shelters as well for that. We we do a lot of work with... um, the, the uh, Israeli Red Cross, uh, we do quite a bit of work with uh, the ALIA program. Uh, we do this. I could go on forever. There's lots yeah. and lots so of stuff many, many do. different expressions yeah. of that practical help and, yeah, s- and yeah, support. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. yeah, yeah.
0: yeah. Uh, and it's like a lot of, uh, and not just uh, Israel-focused ministries, but like a lot of ministries, we don't have an awful lot of that practical side going on in New Zealand. Most of what we're doing is awareness uh, and if I use the dirty word fundraising, um, yeah. but I know that, that one of the ways that you fundraise, and we've got a, we've got a table littered through of, uh, of material here, is through the material that we can get through Friends of Israel.
1: Yeah, yeah. We, so we have an online bookstore at foi.nz.org, um, but most people right now they they um, if they. Uh, subscribers or uh, they uh, are on our books. Um, They'll get some stuff sent in the mail, some promos. Uh, But many people, uh, yeah, yeah really benefit from the literature that we have and uh, a lot of people particularly really enjoy our magazine Israel My Glory, yep. which was started in about 1949, so it's been going a long time. It's, yeah, yeah. Um, it's won an award uh, uh, over in America uh, but it's been a really good teaching tool. A lot of small group leaders use it as uh, conversation starters or uh, even just uh, study an article at a time, yeah. that kind yeah. of thing. But Israel My Glory um, and it's not just everything focused on Israel, so it's focused on the the Bible.
0: Well, that's uh, the, that's the thing, is that well. we were talking before about the, the whole Israel side, the, the covenant, the new covenants with Israel and Judah, not with you know not with the church. The focus is not on Israel. And and so many people miss this when they're looking from outside, they go, Oh, you're starting to worship Israel. No, 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 no. We're worshiping God. We're Absolutely. worshiping the God of the Bible. Yeah. The fact that his covenants with Israel run all the way through simply enhances his glory. Yeah. When, when you look at yeah. them and you take them as they're written, you go, wow, God, wow, God, yeah. Wow, yeah. it's not. Oh man, Israel's so marvelous. Yeah. Going, no, no, no. God, you're so marvelous.
1: Well, there's a book that we've um, I've been promoting recently called "What Should We Think About Israel" by um, uh, Randall Price. Oh, a I was lot just about editors. to pick up
0: that. I was just going to say, hey, Simon,
1: tell us yeah. about this book. Well, I really like this book for a variety of reasons, but um, because I really think it hits on uh, the questions that people ask. You know, yep. spe- you know, young people, what should I think about? Palestine, well, you know, this, this whole issue around, um, you know, the Palestinian people, are they important? You know, do Palestinian lives matter? Yeah. Well, yes, they do. Of they matter a lot yes. uh, to God. And a lot of people often misinterpret um, uh even the idea or the concept of being a friend for Israel or a friend to Israel means that you're not a friend to the Palestinians.
0: Yeah, pro, pro, pro Israel means anti Palestinian. Yeah, yeah,
1: yeah, and of course that's not true. No. That's not true. Um, it's the same. You know, we love the Palestinian people. We we hate. What God hates, and what does God hate is he hates the, the proud hearts of the Hamas leaders and yeah. the leaders who um, who bring uh, incredible hurt and pain and suffering to their own people um, for no other reason than yeah. they want every Jew dead, right? Yeah. I mean, you know, yeah. the bottom line is that at the heart of this is a an ideology that is not about one state, two states, three yeah. states, more, whatever. It's about, it's, right. about it's about annihilation, annihilation of yeah. a people.
0: I mean, you were talking about the uh, the the boys' rally camp uh, that you went to, and I've just seen somebody's just sent me a video at the moment of, of a summer camp for kids yeah. in in Gaza where they're being taught uh, guerrilla warfare yeah. and taught to hate the Jews. Yeah, yeah, that's that's very very different being, yeah. than being taught. It but is. again, what we have to say is that being pro-Israel. Does not mean that we are anti-Palestinian. Correct.
1: And what we want people to, and particularly young people today, is to understand, um, you know, the biblical foundation for loving Israel. Yes. Because that, that that's really a natural extension of understanding God's heart. You know, when you understand God's heart for His people, and and mm-hmm. when I say the people, you know, uh, many people are, are happy uh, to understand God's heart for His ancient people.
0: Yes. But but not so not, much for the not so people. much for the modern yeah, people
1: yeah. They, they there's a lot of distorted ideas and so um, because the
0: ancient people stopped in the book of Acts remember
1: well they, that's right yeah, yeah. I mean you,
0: <laughs> you don't get me started but <laughs>
1: you know I mean the, the sad thing is that uh that's why this whole chapter on uh, uh you know what should we think about replacement theology um what should we think about uh the Palestinian question what should we think about the Middle East what should we think about um you know the there's a whole lot. Uh, the Holocaust. Yeah. Um, what should we think about Israel's occupation, the land? You know, uh, uh, there's some really good information in there that I think. So uh, I would say that's my go-to book if you want to understand more about what we should think about Israel as as believers. Yeah. You know, if you're not a believer, it's a different story it altogether. Is. Yeah.
0: Yeah. 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 But it, the parable that Jesus tells about the separating of the the sheep and the goats. And he says, "Whatever you do for the least of these, my brethren." Yeah. Uh, so many people misunderstand that because uh, and and I think this is what happens in uh, having brought up been brought up in the replacement theology world, which we have to say most of the Western Church has been mm. for two thousand years, is you breeze past without looking deep into it. When Jesus says, "Whatever you do for the least of these, my brethren, Who's the brethren? Is it the, is it the disciples? He's talking about. Well, no, it can't be because he's talking to the disciples and to others. So who's he talking about with the brethren? He's talking about his own Jewish people. Yeah. So the whole separation of the of the sheep and the goats is whatever you have done to the Jewish people. Yeah. Yeah. Determines your future there. Yeah. Uh, and, and you can you can breeze straight past that without ever yeah. seeing it. Yeah, it's
1: true. I mean, um, you know. Um, just the whole idea when you approach the scriptures of understanding the Jewishness of the scriptures. You know, many Christians miss the whole, uh, I guess, the heart of the Bible just purely on the fact that it was written in other languages for a start. yes yeah. you know and yeah. uh, an understanding of those languages. Now I don't expect everybody or every Christian to understand the languages. The great thing today is there's some terrific tools that are available yeah. uh, that Christians can understand the languages a lot better. Now I spent three years doing you know biblical Greek. Um, uh, I'm not an expert in biblical Greek. But I get enough, I've got enough to get by on. Yeah. Uh, but it, what I do know is that it really does enliven and help you understand the scriptures. Um, particularly the New Testament, obviously, yeah. when it yeah. comes to Greek, uh, and same for Hebrew and the Old Testament. Well,
0: that, that's, I mean, that's that's the first step. Always was first step of systematic theology. What did yeah. the original readers or yeah. hearers understand the yeah. writer or speaker to yeah. mean? I have a book at home. It's called actually, I might have given it to Don. Sadly, I'll have to hunt it up in Don's. I gave him a whole lot of my old books, uh, but basically, it was it was uh, Koine Greek, and it was what did this term mean in normal usage. Yeah. In Greek literature, not not just New Testament, but yeah. in Greek literature yeah. of the first century, yeah. what did this term mean? And sometimes, you know, feet shod with the preparedness of the gospel, what it's really meaning is boot camp. Yeah, get some training. Yeah, it's it's not just being prepared. Oh, yeah, I'm ready to go out and give the gospel. It's not that at all. Mm. It's it's get training. Go. Yeah. Oh gosh, I never yeah. realized.
1: Yeah. Well, that's right, and there's some really good, um, you know, word study books that yeah. you can uh, you know, you get into, and if you're it does enough. help you. Well, you know, yeah, I, I think, I think, um, yeah. Hey, look, not everybody wants to be a student. Not everybody can be a student, uh, but the more you read the Bible, it makes a, a greater student of you. I think, uh, in in many ways, I think that's the key. That for me, anyway, is that if you, um, it, it, the more that you're in God's Word, the more likely you want to be in it more. Yes. Yeah. I, I just find that I, I find it's pretty rare that you meet people go they want to be in God's word until a point where they go I don't want to be. You know, a great <laughs>
0: example of that would be the uh, the current uh, MCU, the the Marvel Cinematic. Universe with all the movies about the Avengers and, yeah. and, and all this and that. And what you find is the people that are into that and into the movies are now going into all the other websites that have got the, these ideas about it and it explains this and this is what you missed in the end of that movie and this, this, and this points towards that. The, because they've seen... Uh, I suppose the, the Marvel Universe come into, into full colour and sound. They're, they're wanting to dig deeper and find out more about this yeah, and that. Yeah. And I think when you get that from the Bible, when it comes into that full colour, which it, to me it can't do until you understand that no. that that um, Jewish cultural context of it. Yeah. But when you do understand that, you just automatically want to know more.
1: Yeah, yeah. Well, I don't think that you can read the Bible and miss that. What I think that can happen is that it, you will get it to the point where, uh, until you're only ever asking that question, "Well, where's me in it?" Yeah, you, do you know what I mean. Yeah, it's, yeah. Uh, and that's where the barrier is. The barrier is the problem is that we, you know, you know we need to see God in it and what God's intentions yes. are, not just God's intentions for me. Yeah. That's important, by the way. It's not to dismiss it, and it's not to chuck it out. It's to say that you arrive at that naturally when you read the heart of God in the scripture from beginning to the end. Yeah. You know, when you see God's incredible faithfulness to the nation of Israel, right, from the beginning to the end, you see that God is a trustworthy God. You know, one of the messages that I'm preaching at the moment is, you know, um, Israel, a panorama of God's faithfulness from beginning to end. The whole idea is walking through the covenants and coming to the conclusion that, you know what, if you stop at a particular point here, you make God a liar. Yes. And you make him an unfaithful God. You make him an untrustworthy God. Why would I put my faith and trust H- in how him? How
0: can I trust him for my salvation if he's betrayed his trust and exactly. his word to Israel? You know,
1: I often uh, say to people, if, you know, if there is no future hope for the nation of Israel in terms of his redemptive promises, what guarantee do you have? Yeah. What guarantee do I have? Because it does make God out a liar, and replacement theology makes God a liar.
0: Yeah, I remember uh, Howard Bass, who uh, runs a Messianic Fellowship in uh, Besheva and uh, he said to me, he says, he says, well, it, look at God's covenant with Israel. If my covenant, if my, if I break my covenant with day and night, then I'll break my covenant with Israel. Yeah. He, he goes, well, what, what happens to New Zealand if God breaks his covenant with day and night? Well, you're dead. That's, yes, right. that's it. That's, that's that history right. History is over. So he's got to keep his covenants. Um, let's talk speaking of which, let's talk about this book. I'll put this one up to the camera, the Jerusalem and Prophecy. Tell me about this one.
1: Yeah, well, um, Randall Price—if you know Randall price he's a, he's a he's a bit like the uh, modern-day um, Indiana Jones. Okay. Uh, he's done uh, so he did a lot of work on the uh, in Qumran um, around the Dead Sea Scrolls in terms of uh, archaeology. But his his love for Jerusalem really comes out in this book. He's he's a great go-to guy uh, regarding anything around the Temple Mount, yep. um, all of that kind of thing. Obviously, Jerusalem features hugely in prophecy. Yes, yes. Uh, in fact, right now as we speak. Um, um, in America, we are... Joined. Oh, somebody's
0: going underneath, the, aren't they looking for the the Ark of the Covenant again?
1: Yeah, well, I mean, if you go to Israel today, if you go to the, uh, to the um, Temple Institute, yep. uh, there's a recording that goes on. So that's where all of the uh, implements and everything for the temple is already created. Yes. Right? It's ready to go. It's waiting there. And in the audio, they'll say, we actually know where the Ark of the Covenant is. They make that oh, so I can do a double take. Okay. Did anybody else just hear <laughs> yeah, what I yeah. heard? Quick, say, Bob Cornute. And, hey. and, and they say, and when the time is right, we'll bring it out or we'll make it known. Okay. Now, I don't know how factual that is, but that's the claim that they make, yep. which I find is quite interesting. But um, uh, Randall Price, I was going to say at the moment in, um, in the US, we're running uh, a Bible conference online. Yep. Uh which I hope to bring to New Zealand, people can actually go online now and register at FOI.org if they're interested, Jerusalem and in Prophecy. And this book they would actually get um, if they bought it for 50% off. So um, it's actually quite quite a good offer, but uh, that's if they register for the conference yep. Jerusalem and Prophecy. But Jerusalem, you know, uh, it conjures up. You've been to Jerusalem. Yeah. You know yep. uh, that when you get to Jerusalem and then you get to the heart of Jerusalem, you get to the Western Wall, you get to the Temple Mount, Um there is a lot of stuff going on, and we know that there's a lot that is going to come. It centers uh, very much in Scripture at, at, in the end times. Obviously, yeah. it, one of the things that they're, they're waiting to do, the Orthodox Jews particularly, are waiting for to rebuild uh, the third temple. Yes. Uh, what we know is what will be the Tribulation Temple, and that temple will be um, r- 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 pretty much, I think, well, you know, we don't know the explicit details, no, no. Uh, but as a tribulation temple, it'll, it'll, there'll be a sufficient peace in the land that will allow for this temple to be it's able interesting to
0: interesting be because people, when you talk about the whole, I mean, this is where the prophecy side comes in, an yeah. eschatology or end, yeah. end times study. Yeah. Um, for years, it'll probably hark back to how Lindsay and the late great planet Earth, yeah. but we always thought you had to have a temple before the tribulation started because the sacrifices will go on in the temple and nowadays you go well you know and the temple the you know the Herod's Temple took 46 years to build yeah, yeah. you're only finished in the year yeah. Jesus began his ministry I yeah. discovered yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah but you go they actually built a full-size temple replica in Brazil in four years and yeah. that's about 10 years ago so it's you know you don't need a temple before the tribulation starts yeah you need a temple after the, maybe after that peace treaty is signed with the enemy. Yeah, I mean,
1: you know, most, uh, I think scholars on, on where we would sit would say it will start uh, once the peace uh, agreement has been signed. It doesn't I would have think to, so, no. it could start before. Uh, one thing we do know is that there's a lot of activity going on in the Temple Mount right now. Getting so, ready for uh, it, yeah. So um, for the first time just in the last sort of last couple of days, um, Jewish. Uh, uh, sorry, Orthodox Jews have been on the Mount praying. Yes. Now, if you go onto the Temple Mount, you, if you've ever been up there, you know that I it's accidentally, incredibly I accidentally
0: sensitive. walked up there, right. the, up, okay. the, up that, up yep. that alleyway, yep. and yep. I found myself well, scooted very quickly over to the other side. Well,
1: everything, uh, you know, uh, is in hushed tones up there. Yep. It's very volatile. Uh, you'll see the most armed of the uh, the Israel Defense Force; uh, they have more stun grenades on their chest than you know a gladiator. Let me tell you, they. Just covered in stone yep. grenades and uh their their uh, guns are perpetually cocked ready to go they are in Combat mode almost. Now, I don't say that to scare people because you actually feel really safe up there. You do. But you understand the volatility, and you understand the volatility even more uh, if Jews are going up there as well. But more Jews have gone up onto the Temple Mount on tours or on what they call study tours or yeshiva tours, that kind of thing, uh, in recent times than ever before uh, in modern history. And most recently, there have now been prayer there's been prayer by groups of Jews up on the Temple Mount. Well, that's a bit unheralded, and I just uh, read of that in the last few days. Yeah. So, very, very interesting times on the Temple Mount. And it says to me that there is a uh, something going on uh, that says, "Hey, you know, we, we're getting a little bit closer to the reality we, yeah. that the Temple Mount scenario may change sufficiently for the Jews to have uh, some form of worship on that Temple Mount."
0: I, I just speaking in a couple of churches recently. Just we, just going back to the the Temple Institute and the the, the you know, we've got the Ark of the Covenant. Yeah, yeah. And um, one of the things that I was teaching on was Jesus is a better High Priest. And, and as I walked th- through that and, and studied it, the whole Tabernacle and Temple system was was set up so that God could dwell in amongst the iniquity of the Israelites. And he was he came and he met in the Holy of Holies. Uh, between, you know, under the wings of the, the the cherubim on top of the mercy seat, covered with these three different covers, uh, the high priest could only go in one day a year, uh, the Levites around, everything was there to separate us and our sin from the holiness of God, lest we be destroyed by that holiness. Yeah, yeah. And so the whole focus, and we know that from reading the scriptures, the whole focus of the, the Jewish faith was the temple, the temple, the temple, and the Ark of the Covenant, and yet Jesus, who is a better High Priest because he's of the order of Melchizedek, not of the Aaronic order, because of his sacrificial death for us, we can now boldly become uh, come before that mercy seat it's incredible, at isn't any it? time. Our focus uh, and yeah. You know, Sometimes you get sick of having to say it, but our focus is not Israel. Our focus is not the temple. Our focus is not the the Ark of the Covenant. Our focus is on Yeshua, on Jesus Christ, God Almighty, who because of his love for us came and died f- for us yeah. to give us that right to, to join in with the covenants that he had promised his people mm. to be with him forever.
1: You know, there's a... Um... <clears throat> there's a real uh, important point to take out of what you've just said in terms of uh, that God's made the way, you know, God's made the incredible way for sinful man to be able to have fellowship. Jesus has become that way. You know, he said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. He's the mediator uh, for us to God, which is an incredible thought in itself. Um, But there's this incredible focus that I think, that we must remember, you sort of talk about why we love Israel, is that we know that Jesus is going to land and he's going to descend, right, when he comes after the tribulation and he's going to stand on the Mount of Olives from where he left. Yep with his disciples when they gazed on, right, you know, and he's going to come. That's that's why the Mount of Olives is probably my favourite place in Israel. I love standing, even among the gravesites. Yeah. So that stand on the east side there. But just to imagine the fact, I know it was a special place for Jesus, you know, the Mount of Olives, but yes. to, to 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 know that he's coming back to that point. Now, um, that's the incredible thing is that there's a focus on a, a coming Lord Jesus. Yeah. And, you know, I think that's something that... Um, it, 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 it trumps everything that we 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 really talk about and do for Israel. We love Israel, but we love Israel by virtue of the fact that uh, one day they will receive their Messiah by the grace of God th- through much suffering.
0: Yes, that is still to come. Yeah. Sadly, the time of Jacob's trouble is still. That's ahead. exactly yeah. right,
1: and so but the focus is on the coming Lord Jesus. Yeah, you know, and uh, you know uh, you, you mentioned the brethren. I guess that was something that was uh, very profoundly profoundly impacted my life was that whilst there was a strong focus on the centrality of the Lord's Supper, you know, uh, equally there was a great focus on the return of the Lord Jesus. Now, we believe, of course, in a a rapture. We believe that one day, uh, you know, the church will be snatched away and rescued from that uh, period of Jacob's trouble or the tribulation, as it's known, Uh, the day of the Lord, as Jeremiah uh, refers Mm. to it, um but at the end of it the intervention of jesus at the right yeah. time will uh will be um what what a beautiful thing that will be for the nation yes. of israel yeah. you know and so yeah that that eschatology is very important uh as long as right at the end, we're clear about why. <laughs>
0: yeah, yeah, it's it's, and we go into that whole love story, which we, we don't have time for because we're we're kind of out of time. But yeah. that whole love story between yeah. God, the the bridegroom, and us, the bride, yeah. and Jesus coming back for his bride, yeah. and the bride is looking forward. I mean, my daughter, as we as we record this, my daughter is uh, two months off uh, getting married, and um, and and she's so looking forward to that day. Yeah. You know, and we need to be so looking forward to our yeah. bridegroom coming for us. Not, not looking forward. I'm not looking forward to, uh, to Jesus ruling the world from Jerusalem. I'm not looking forward to that. I'm looking forward to my bridegroom coming for me. Yeah, because that's the relationship that he offers us. How that's going to work out in in the millennium with him physically in J- Jerusalem and me. I don't know. Maybe still living in Cutty uh, Who knows? But that's what I'm looking forward to. The, the beauty, I think, for us as believers is through the Holy Spirit, we can experience him with us now.
1: Um, I, I wear another hat for uh, Winter Bible School, which um, I'm on the steering committee for And Winter Bible School. We recently had Michael Spiegel uh, come okay. in. But one of the things that I remember him saying was that we, we often have this concept of a vertical looking up for that bridegroom, Yes, right, when we should maybe have a, a slightly more uh, a linear uh, you know, uh, horizontal yep. approach that the kingdom is going to be an incredible time of Christ's rule on earth, fulfilling the promises that He made for the nation of Israel, but ruling this earth, you know, for the first time in righteousness and yes. and and in peace, um, and a peacetime like has never been experienced on the earth. So it's going to be an incredible period. But just that whole idea of looking forward to what will be an earthy, yeah. earthly kingdom. Yep. Um, is uh, yeah, yeah, we don't know all the specifics. We don't have all of the details. There are things that 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 are unclear about that. Um, but as you read the narrative, as you read the story and the redemptive redemptive program, yeah, uh, it's clear there's a coming yep. kingdom. Think,
0: think of the best possible scenario. It's better. Yeah, yeah. Simon, thank you so much for your time. Uh, let me just point to these three products again. One, this one is Jerusalem in prophecy. Yep. Uh, by Randall Price, so that looks not not Israel and prophecy, but Jerusalem. Yep. This one is uh, what should we think about Israel? So that's if you uh, are unsure how what the Bible teaches, you can read that one. And uh, the, this yep. isn't the only because you've got a whole heap of these. I've got
1: a whole lot. <laughs> well, oh well, this is a, so this is a, a, subscription, a subscription, and you okay. can get one year for free. The the listeners can get one year for free, yep. uh, which is six um, issues. Okay. Uh, and you can sign up for a one, two, or three-year subscription. But we offer one year free for new subscribers only. And they can do that by either contacting us. But I suggest the best way is get onto our website so in foi. New Zealand. F-O-I. Org? Dot org, right. So that they – yeah, we have the international website. And then we have our New Zealand that, one. But you'll pay N-Z. in New Zealand dollars. So Yeah,
0: Excellent. Simon, cool. thanks for your time.
1: Thank you.